Welcome to 52 Pearls, the weekly money wisdom podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm joined by Melissa Friedenberg, Pearl Planning Financial Advisor. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. (laughs) You're never going to forget our names because, of course, we're both named Melissa, children of the 70s. So each week we provide a bite-sized actionable tip that we hope will help you make better financial decisions. The purpose of our podcast is to accompany our weekly financial tips, which we call 52 Pearls. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to sharing along the way. Hi, it's Melissa Joy, and today I am joined by Cameron Giardini. Cameron is a local independent Medicare expert, and along with his team at Giardini Medicare, he helps individuals eligible for Medicare navigate their options so they can confidently transition to the Medicare system. Cameron is based in Michigan, but he works with clients around the country. Cameron, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Melissa. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we want to talk about Medicare, but we want to be very specific and talk about what is going on during COVID-19 to deal with enrollment and decision-making for Medicare. And you're just the person to talk about it. I'm looking forward to it. Just like everything else, Seems you can't talk about a subject without mentioning COVID-19, so. That's right. And things are workable with the Medicare system. I've seen on social media that you are sharing with clients and financial advisors the steps that you need to take in order to be able to enroll. What are the top topics that you are finding you're having conversations with Medicare-eligible individuals? So because we generally deal with people that are transitioning to Medicare, meaning they're probably leaving their employer coverage or they're starting Medicare for the first time. A lot of our conversations revolve around how to apply for Medicare in this changing landscape, as well as you know what to do if your employer is offering you COBRA coverage because you just found out you were laid off. So those have been the two big topics that we've had to deal with in regards to COVID-19 and the Medicare transition. That makes sense. So let's say first that you're someone who's about to turn 65. You always knew that you were going to be probably enrolling in Medicare, Mm -hmm. but now things have changed because your enrollment process may be a little different. What does it look like right now? So if you're turning 65 and you had already planned on signing up for Medicare or enrolling in Medicare A and B when you did turn 65, you're actually one of the lucky ones that I would say is least impacted by COVID-19 and the signup. And many people may already know that you can do this online. So ssa.gov, their website is the best way to enroll in Medicare for the first time at age 65. It doesn't involve any human contact. So again, really anyone that was already planning that can go about signing up for Medicare in the same process. And they can even call Social Security too as another option. Do you typically encourage people to enroll online always or is this just um, because we're in a, you know, social distancing environment? If you're If they're trying to enroll in Medicare at 65, we do always recommend doing it online. And that's just because it is a fairly straightforward system. We have different ways to coach people through it, but also 
when you do it online, you have that confirmation that you know you enrolled. So that way, if you don't see the enrollment or you don't see your Medicare number or your card in a few weeks, you can go back to that confirmation and call in referencing that exact day when you enrolled. So it's just a better way to keep track of your records and know that you went through it correctly. Great. And then if you need additional Medicare coverage beyond A and B, in that case, that's where you might come in and help people with choosing their insurance coverages? Yeah, exactly. So we help people with the whole process, you know, from learning about what Medicare is, how to enroll, but we also focus on what Medicare coverage you'll need in addition to original Medicare, whether that's Medicare Advantage plans or Medicare supplements. So that's where we as independent consultants or insurance agents, we can look at all the different plan options. And then after you enroll in Medicare, we can say this might be the best option based on your circumstance. If you choose the coverage, we can help you enroll. And then we would be essentially your agent going forward. And then is that pretty business as usual right now? I know you were always a virtual company. Yep. With, that worked people with people over the phone. Has anything changed for the insurance carriers? For the carriers, yes. So like Melissa already said, we've always tried to work over the phone. That way we could help more people around the country instead of you know just in our local area. We feel that Medicare can be done virtually just as well as in person. So on our end, you know, we've already done screen sharing technology, Zoom, ways to educate people in their own home while we're in a different location. And we've always used different enrollment processes that could be email or voice signatures. So on our end, not a lot has changed. If anything, people have become more willing to work virtually because now we have to. I'm experiencing so, that too. Yeah. It's, um, I'm sure on the advising end, it's no different, like you said. Yeah, definitely. So you're able to do a digital signup for what they choose or some companies just catching up to that virtual digital kind of access? We've always had certain companies that are more willing to do the virtual angle than others. We've always found ways around it, but now you're seeing these larger, more traditional style companies and they're, they continually send us emails that say, COVID-19 update, here's how you can work with us over the phone. So if anything, it's just gonna progress our side of business further quicker because now they're realizing that in this time they have to adapt, even though so many companies have already adapted over the past decade. But it is, this is the impetus for sure to helping companies do what they need to do virtually. You know, I agree. I think that we're going to end up with some, um, it's hard to talk about silver linings when we're all experiencing <laughs> such disruption, but I do think that there's an element of people being willing to access things more electronically, work with people electronically, which is something I've always encouraged. And yep. we had a, a separate episode with Bill McManus talking about technology ad adaptations. And he was saying that regardless of age, when people can see the value of the use of technology, they're willing to use it. So having an accelerator where we will be able to do more financial insurance type documents virtually, I think is going to be a big benefit. Yes. Yeah. Like you said, it's hard to say it's a positive thing, but right. 
something good has to come out of something. So <laughs> it's very rare that you convert to a system that allows for electronic and then say, Hey, nope, we um, are going back to paper. Um, yeah. Because if you've ever gone paperless, it's, um, <laughs> it's so convenient and much more efficient and things work in a more timely manner. So, yeah. and even Medicare is changing too. So I'm hoping that many people may have seen headlines or articles about it, but now Medicare has stepped up and they're covering more on the telehealth side of things. So I'm hoping that that will just be a new staple of Medicare where they're going to have more access to telehealth and telemedicine instead of, like you said, just giving people that chance now and then taking it back in August if things improve. So I, I don't see that going away anytime soon. And access to telehealth can be a, a, a huge advantage as you get older, especially as transportation becomes more challenging if, if you're less comfortable driving. So that, that's fabulous. Exactly. Yep. So let's say that you were working. You have already turned 65. Um, potentially, you had already enrolled in Medicare, but now you are... Um, either being furloughed, laid off, terminated because of this recession, what are your decisions and, and what do you need to be thinking about to effectively manage between Medicare and potentially COBRA? So in that situation, I would just assume that the individual who's already, they're still working and already 65, mm -hmm. generally they don't have Medicare Part B. Okay. That's a whole different conversation, but in this case, we'll say they don't have Part B, so they need to get Part B upon retirement or upon being furloughed whenever their benefits are going to run out. So that's right away? Yes. So if you're, you know, just based on our experience, we've had people in the end of April who realize they are no longer going to be covered May 1st. In that situation, they're often offered COBRA. And sometimes the employer's even nice enough to say, well, we'll, we'll help pay for our portion of the COBRA. So that way your, your costs don't really change, but you're going to be on COBRA starting May 1st. Now, in that case, a lot of people don't realize that, yes, your coverage will be the same. However, Medicare becomes primary once you're no longer working past age 65 and you're on COBRA. So if you're offered COBRA over age 65 by your employer, you have to get Medicare Part B to go with COBRA or else you'll be lacking primary insurance. So that sounds like a major deal. What happens if you are ill, injured, you were on COBRA, but you didn't have Part B? There's a couple things that can happen, neither of which are generally good, but the COBRA or the company that provides COBRA, the insurance company, they could flat out deny your claims and they could say, well, because you didn't have primary insurance, which would be Medicare Part B, we're not going to pay our portion as the secondary insurance. And that is, that's within their right to do that. The other option, possibly they'll still pay their 20% portion, but they are not going to cover the 80% that Medicare was on the hook for. So we all know medical bills, costs, 20% is not going to get you very far when you think you have coverage. Yeah, that sounds like a huge deal. Yeah. What happens if you are laid off, you're not working, you need to go through this process, and then you're called back to work, let's say, in three or four months? So would that be somebody that would have Medicare, you'd say, and then go back? Yeah. What, once you get enrolled in Medicare, it, when you go back and are offered employer coverage. 
Okay, so if you're going back to the active employer, that's a good question because we have had that come up and we try to tell people, you know, think about what you're going to do in the next month now that you're losing benefits, but also are you planning on going back if things improve? Okay. And really we've come down to two things or a common theme is either people will say, you know what, I, I'm just going to stay on the Medicare system, whether I go back to work or not, I'm going to stay with the benefits that I choose now that I'm starting Medicare. It does get a little trickier for people that have family or a spouse that's younger, or maybe even a dependent that depends on them for their insurance. So if that is the case, you can keep Medicare and go back to your employer coverage, or you can actually give up Medicare Part B and go back to your employer coverage. And that can be done with a phone interview with social security to give that back. So a couple options, but I would say most people are, are sticking with the Medicare, even if they go back. It definitely sounds like a conversation that would be helpful to have a consultant to weigh your options. Um, because it's it, not straightforward. <laughs> exactly. It's not straightforward. As a financial planner, the other thing that I've been thinking about in, as it relates to Medicare is that some people who would typically be subject to IRMA um, extra charges, which could you just explain what IRMA is? Yeah, so IRMA is income related means adjustment assessment. Hopefully I said that correctly. <laughs> Sometimes I forget what it stands for, Melissa. Yep, I'm um, right there with you. That's why I'm having you pitch in. <laughs> But IRMA is just a fancy way of saying that if you make more money or if your modified adjusted gross income is higher, then you will also likely pay more for your Medicare premium. And I this is looked at in a two-year look back. So IRMA is assessed in 2020 based on 2018 modified adjusted gross. Yeah, and it is something that if you are subject to IRMA, it, I don't know anyone who likes it. Of course you don't like it, but people really hate it. Yes, no one is happy to hear that they're going to be charged more. And when I say more, you could be looking at an additional $300 per month per person based on your income. So it's not a small amount. Right. And so this year we have some flexibility and some just imposed damage that's coming um, from the associated recession um, that fits with coronavirus. So people may have um, been earning more or they might have been doing, been required to do distributions from their retirement accounts. And that requirement is lifted for most of this year. If you're in January, you're in a little, in, you're in a tight spot um, if you did a distribution in January, but otherwise you have um, a choice whether you do a distribution or not. So let's say somebody does the calculations and they are not going to be earning, they, they can get lower or no extra premium costs. Do they have any options or do they just need to wait till their tax return filters through in a couple years? So as you just pointed out, if your income is being lowered in any way compared to that two-year look back, for your modified adjusted gross, you do have the options to request a redetermination. So that way, instead of looking at 2018, the IRS and Social Security will take into account your projected earnings for 2020, and they can reassess what you may be charged for IRMA. So this is where 
I would refer back to Melissa and say, you know, you're the expert when it comes to the finances and figuring out what they're going to be looking at for 2020. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just here as the Medicare consultant to say this is what it would be based on income. But yes, if you are in any way lowering your income, if you're retiring, if you have a life changing event, you can appeal Irma and get those charges potentially reduced. And we help people with that all the time. That's perfect. I mean, we both have to talk about it and it, it is just another kind of wrinkle where if you're working with a good Medicare consultant or you're working with a good financial planner, they will not only have kind of age-old conventional wisdom about how to, how to operate, but they will adapt quickly um, when circumstances change. And that's what we're experiencing this year. Cameron, the information you provided is really helpful. Is there anything else that you think um, Medicare eligible Americans should be thinking about? The biggest thing right now is when you're trying to get Medicare Part B after age 65, there's two things you need to do. There's forms that you need to fill out. One has to be completed by your employer and the other by yourself. And then you have to take those forms traditionally to a social security office in order for everything to be processed. Now in the time of COVID-19, we all know that those in-person appointments are no longer possible. So the biggest thing, the biggest challenge I would say that we've been running into is somebody is furloughed or laid off and then all of a sudden within a week they have to get a form filled out by their employer fill out their application for part b and then instead of taking it to the social security office now you have to call your local social security office and essentially ask them what's the best way to get you these forms so my medicare can start quickly and sometimes it's fax sometimes it's snail mail those are all different conversations we have to have based on where you're located and what your office does. So That's, every office has a different rule? Every office has a different rule. Yep. So we, Oh my so goodness. Just, uh, yeah, just to make it easy. Right. So. Yeah. I've had experiences where I get different answers for clients asking about social security questions, which is, is a conversation that a financial advisor is more likely to be having and um, I always like to keep the name of the public affairs office in my region handy in case I need to get a like kind of an overrule ruling. Um, so that's really interesting. I didn't know that there were different rules for acceptance based on each oh, yeah. local office. I've had some that they say, well, our manager only goes in once a week. So if you mail it, it could take two weeks depending on when they get there. Sometimes the fax is checked every day. Sometimes they don't have, have a mailbox or a drop box. So it's very important to contact your local social security office. This is not the normal 800 number that some people may already know. If you call that number, you're going to get wildly inaccurate answers. So we can help you find your local office if you need help with that. Well, that's fabulous. And um, I didn't know we'd be talking about having to track down your local office, but that's why you're the expert. So yep. thank you so much for providing this wisdom. I think that our, I know that Medicare decisions are very challenging and I'm so appreciative of having a resource that helps make things understandable. Yeah. I'm just glad you took the time to have me on. This is such an important topic. So it's great. You're offering this for your clients or really anybody out there. This is super important. People don't realize that 
you are losing your job, but there's more that comes to it when it comes to Medicare. Well, I'm going to make sure that we include some links to resources that we've mentioned here. And Cameron and his team are very um, informative. So they have a lot of education on their website. And can you share that website so that people can find it? Yes, our website is gmedicareteam.com. And like Melissa said, we do have a lot of educational material. So if you don't even want to talk to me, we have a YouTube channel that covers a lot of our commentary on different topics for Medicare. So you can search Giardini Medicare on YouTube, which is G-I-A-R-D-I-N-I. And you'll find all of it there. Perfect. Thanks so much, Cameron. Have a great day. Thank you, Melissa. You too. You can access our first eight episodes now, and we'll be releasing new episodes each Monday. For more information, visit pearlplan.com or our Facebook page, Pearl Planning Wealth.